unnecessary conversations. I got my guy, Abel Arujo. How we doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Man, listen, I don't. I, I want to from the rip. I want to get a stigma. Some a lot of people tell me they want to come on the podcast, but they're they're, they're confused because they think I only have athletes on the podcast. Mm-hmm. That's completely untrue. So as a non-athlete, I'm glad you could come join us on that series conversation. Yeah, no problem. It's fun. But, talked a little bit off camera, and you were an athlete once. Yeah, uh, I used to be. Yeah? Yeah. What was this you used to play? What sport did you used to play, first of all? Uh, college, I played lacrosse for American International College. Mm. Uh, and then high school, I did a ton of sports. Yeah? Swimming, football, wrestling for a little bit. What do you think you was best in? Uh, probably lacrosse. Yeah? Yeah, it was just something that I really picked up really easily. I wasn't like an insane athlete or nothing, but it was something that was really fun. What position did you play? Uh, I was defensive midfield with a short stick. So, I mostly played both ways on the field, offense and defense. Um, my high school team really wasn't too special, so I spent a lot of time on the field too. I really never came off. So, I'm not, I'm not too big in lacrosse, I don't know much about it, but mm-hmm. you mentioned offense, defense, so basketball, of course, you're on the court, you're playing offense and defense. Yeah. So that, like, how does that work? Like, is it like, okay, like, is it kind of like football, like, I offense go score or don't score, and defense get, like, how does that work? Uh, offense and defense are on the field at the same time. Mm. So you have defense, midfield, offense, so there's three players on each of those, mm-hmm. but you can only have so many on one side of the field at a time. So it kind of splits the field 50-50. Um, midfielders, defenders, whatever whatever the case is, whatever personnel your coach wants to run, you guys can sub in and out during the game. So there's you can call a timeout and you yeah. know stop the whole game and swap out people, but it's you can flow right off and somebody can run right on behind you yeah. as you're coming across the field. How many goals do you think you had in lacrosse? Like, what was your best uh, season? I only had like two goals. Yeah. Uh, I had a lot of uh, like ground balls, so mm-hmm. when you knock the ball out of somebody else's stick and pick it up off the ground, or oh, just picking it up off the ground in general. So you was a big hitter. Uh, yeah, not really, but yeah, I guess. What you playing football? What position you playing football? Uh, I play defense, uh, DB and cornerback. Yeah? Yeah. You like receiver? Nah, I sucked at catching. <laughs> Couldn't catch. So. You didn't get no picks for real. Nah, I got, I almost had one or two, yeah. but most of mine were like deflections or just covering routes and making plays and tackling, that's it. Like a man corner, zone corner, like what's your spell, like what do you like to do? I like zone. Yeah? Yeah, zone is my thing, I love zone. So cover three, cover two? Like cover two mainly. Cover two, so you like when you in the flats, you come down. I like being in the flat, yeah. And they come down, you kill them. So you a hard hitter, you're not giving yourself enough credit. I guess, but I was, ne- <laughs> I was never really crazy at it either. You know, yeah. I definitely got like I played and shit, but I think like most seasons, maybe end the season like four tackles, and then I didn't really start varsity until my senior year. Yeah. And then it was like COVID year, so I only had like four games, so really wasn't too nut like nothing too crazy. In high school, did you wanna be a collegiate athlete at all? Uh, no, I didn't. Uh-huh. I wanted to strictly use sports and athletics in high school like yeah. that whole like everything I built up off of that yeah. to get into school I wanted something that would help me like I could put on my record or something like that because I wasn't into student government I didn't like yeah. doing any of that shit I like to just uh 
you know, just hang around. Playing sports was like my thing of having fun. I didn't have fun doing much else there. And I used that like as a stepping stone to kind of get to school. So you really only want to do athletics so you have a way into school. Yeah. Yeah, I just did that. I didn't get recruited out of high school either. I mean, I got scouted by some places. Nothing like just some D3 schools and stuff like that. But like I said, it really wasn't a goal for me. So that didn't really bother you that you wasn't getting scouted because you really just wanted to use it with school. You were going to go to school regardless. Yeah, I just wanted to use it as a way to try and maybe get a scholarship. Yeah. Like even if I went to like a low level D2 or something like that, I just wanted some type of money because yeah. I'm not the richest person in the world. You know, sure, yeah. school's expensive. Sure. I wanted to use it to like maybe get like a couple thousand dollars in scholarships or just yeah. get something going so I can get into school. I mean, it kind of it kind of worked out for me. You know, I had a bad GPA, but yeah. I don't know what it was that got me into here. But yeah. you know, it worked out in the long run. No, I'll tell you my GPA first. I want to know yours. Mine was probably worse now. Yeah, go ahead. Two, two, five. Ah, two six. Ooh. Out of two six. You four point. You point four points ahead of me. I guess so. You had a two two. two hey, five. we ain't far off, bro. We was just hey, passing. Bro. We were just passing. <laughs> You closer to a three than I am. Are you closer to a three than I uh, than Nah, I'm closer to a one than you are a three though. And yeah. that's worse. Yeah. You still made it. You made it here. <sighs> Worked out for both of us, right? Uh, I don't bro. God was on my side. Yeah. For me, I'm, I'm not really a like a religious person. Yeah. I'm agnostic. I choose not to believe in one specific God or yeah. anything. There might be a higher power, but I don't know, so I don't follow nothing. Yeah. So you, was you raised that way, or was it your family that way, or that's just something you picked up yourself? My family was raised like uh, Catholic, Christian type mix type of thing, but they were never super religious and stuff. My mom encouraged me to find my own path when it came to stuff like that instead of forcing stuff on me. So that's where I came to the conclusion that I don't want to go to church every Sunday, I don't want to worship somebody, but I worship something when I can just you know, do what they're teaching, you know, like the Bible or whatever the case is, like mm. teaches to be good to people and give back and help where you can instead of just worshiping that I'd rather just do it. So you follow the Bible but you don't necessarily worship God itself? I don't think I follow the Bible. I think I follow my morals okay. more than anything else. Okay. And I try to be the best person that I can be. And you know, that's kind of what played into my major and stuff like that too. Yeah. What do you major in? I'm in nursing. Major, especially AIC. Yeah, it's not easy. It takes a lot of work, a lot of free time. You got to sacrifice to make it. Yeah. So, talk about when you play lacrosse here. How did your recruitment go for you to even end up being here, especially with COVID going on? So, I didn't get recruited to play here. No? I got accepted into the nursing program on a whim. Like, I applied to maybe five or six schools. I was accepted into a lot of them, um, but they all waitlisted me for nursing. Mm. Uh, one other school accepted me for like x-ray technician which is what i really want to do like i wanted to be somewhere in radiology but the school was just too expensive yeah. too expensive so when i seen the letter come through for nursing here i figured i'd just take the chance and you know nursing degrees are the same at every school you go to you learn the same thing you take the same nclex exam you know so it didn't really matter to me i just wanted to get in you want to be like okay because I, I broke some things on my body before mm -hmm. i go to the hospital Come follow me, sir. Go in this room, put the thing on, stand in front of this big thing. I got an X square box on it. Yeah. Hold your breath. Beep. 
that's what you are, or you are, or, or are you the person that say, okay, I took the X-rays, we're gonna have the doctor look at it and go back to your room. Are you the guy that looks at it, or are you the guys that take the X-ray? If I was going to be an X-ray tech, then I would be the one taking the picture. Okay. If I was going to be like, um, if I wanted like, that school that I was talking about was like a two-year associates mm -hmm. to get an X-ray tech, or like they would do it like expedited four-year process or whatever the case was. Yeah. But I would just be taking the pictures, and I mainly just did like I looked at it as. It was something that was more that was easy, like an easier job to do with a good salary. Mm. So I figured I would just kick on through life with that, you know. But I never really wanted to take it to a doctor level where I would like uh, read your results or whatever and diagnose or whatever the case is. I want to ask you this. I know you didn't, you know, but you're, you're, what, what year are you in? I'm my junior year. So you've been in this thing for three years. Like I said, I broke a couple things in my body. Yeah. I'll be, I be asking. Take the x-ray. Okay, the doctor's going to look at it. Okay, miss, but I know you know something. You've been doing these x-rays for a long time. Mm -hmm. Miss, sir, whatever, whoever's going to. Yeah. What's going on? Do you see anything? I'm not really specialized. I can't say. Now, I know probably as your job, y'all probably can't say much because y'all are not on that level. Yeah. But knowing some things about the doctor and are y'all able to really tell us at that moment? Well, y'all sometimes really no. just don't know. We, I mean, right now I'm in nursing, so I don't do anything x-ray tech related or yeah. anything like that. But from what I've learned so far in nursing and stuff, we can't speculate for you. Yeah. We can't speculate. We can't diagnose. That's yeah. the doctor. We are there to come up with a hypothesis, you know. And just come up with what could possibly be wrong. And that could be a list of things. Mm. But we can't definitively just tell you what's wrong. Even if I'm pretty sure. You know. Because that's not my scope of practice. And the case. Like if something bad happens. You know. And I tell you the wrong thing. It could throw off your whole day. You know mm. what I'm saying. Like what if I came into your room. And I told you you have a tumor in your lung. Mm. And it looks like a tumor on the x-ray. But in reality it's just some fluid there. You mm. know. That's what they really try to avoid, and that's why people can't really come into the ER or come into the hospital and just get diagnosed and just have their nurse tell them whatever happened. It's we Sometimes, you know, you can look at something and you know what it's talking about. Like, I can look at someone's chart and it could be talking about how uh, they have, like, increased troponin levels or whatever or something like that. That's like the cardiac muscle. Yeah. That's like the cells in your cardiac muscle, and it could say, like, they're elevated, and you that indicates a heart attack. So mm -hmm. if I walked in someone's room and told them they had a heart attack, I could be completely wrong, and it could be related to something else, mm -hmm. you know. And it can cause a lot of stress and anxiety for the patient. It's just something that just wants to be avoided, like at all times, just completely. I go in there. You see my I, doc? What's wrong? The nurse? What's wrong? Yeah. Well, you know, obviously. Y'all can't tell me I got a broken shoulder. Y'all see it on the X-ray. You know what a broken shoulder look like. You know what a broken shoulder look like, exactly. So you can't tell me on the x-ray, I gotta wait another hour for the doctor to come in and tell me I got a broken shoulder. Y'all can't tell me to perfect. You might have, just, just even, you might. You might have a broken shoulder. I can't get that. I mean, yeah, it depends. It depends, like, situationally. I feel like more, like, individual situations it depends yeah. on. Because, like, if your arm's sticking out, your like, your skin. Yeah, yeah, obviously. It's fucking broken. But if, if, if it's just a little pain. I can't tell you. Can't tell you. Even if I look on the x-ray, it could be like the smallest little sliver. I'm not specialized in that, so I can't tell you. I mean, I could speculate and be like, it could be, maybe, but I'm never going to be like, this I, is I'll take that. 
But sometimes they'll even be giving me that, ah, ah, ah. I really don't know. You know. Yeah. I just be wanting to, something. It's just a thing of limiting, like like I said, it's just limiting given the wrong diagnosis to yeah. a patient. And it causes a whole other list of trouble and problems and shit like that. Liability and things. And I think it's a thing of hospitals just want to don't, they don't want to be liable for someone, like a nurse, telling them the wrong thing. Yeah. Telling a patient they have something when it's another thing, you know. So what went in, so you mentioned you get accepted into the nursing program here, and come here. You wasn't too big on sports. So what makes you say, I'm going to do this lacrosse, this collegiate lacrosse thing to try? Is it like, okay, maybe I could get on the team, then earn a scholarship, pay less, or is it like just something to do? A little bit of that, but not necessarily. Yeah. When I first got here, I did my first semester my freshman year uh, as a non-athlete. Okay. And this is before I was really in the nursing program in my eyes, because I was just doing my prereqs, and the courses really weren't too heavy of a load. Mm -hmm. You know, so I had so much extra free time that I just didn't have anything to do with, you know. And this is a small campus and a lot of the students here are athletes. So it was just like I found myself doing nothing by myself, really just being around. And it was just boring, you know. I didn't bring nothing with me to school because I didn't want distractions and stuff. So I left my Xbox and all that at home. So in my room, it was just me, yeah, you know. You had a roommate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He um he actually was a non-athlete for a bit too, but then he decided to become an athlete for the same reasons I did. You know, it's just too much free time, not enough, not anything to do, and lacrosse was something I did out of like passion and not pain. I think you know, like I didn't put my pain into it. I didn't really go as hard as I could be because I just seen it as something I do for fun. Yeah. So when I I ended up emailing the coach at, who at the time was uh, Robbins, Coach Robbins. Uh, I emailed him and asked if I could do like a walk-on tryout or something like that and he said yeah So I ended up doing a walk-on and made the team Did you play? Like, when you play when you... Yeah, yeah, yeah freshman year we had like the worst record. We had we was like 0 and 11 or something like that Like it was bad, but at the same time I still played mm -hmm. I think I had maybe three or four ground balls and like mm -hmm. 10 minutes total playing or maybe less than that But I still got playing time and I played in a decent amount of games. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so did you end up playing in that year? Uh, yeah, I played into the preseason, but once I hit sophomore year, I was in my pathology class and intro to nursing, and course load picked up, yeah. you know, and I did really good balancing my academics and sports. Yeah. I was performing really well in lacrosse, yeah. especially since we got a new head coach who, like, changed the structure of the program in a good way. Mm -hmm. He took it to another level, uh, a level that wants to win, a level that wants to really succeed, yeah. and I was keeping up there and keeping up in class, but I wasn't keeping up with myself. And it was putting my mental health in a really bad spot, so I figured I would let go of the thing that's not really benefiting me, which was lacrosse. When you say not keeping up with yourself, like, what does that look like? Describe that. It looks like uh, maybe only having like a couple hours to yourself every day, mm -hmm. outside of like the book work and uh, playing a sport. You know, because sports maybe I was I was dedicating maybe three four hours a day to that, and then another, I don't know, eight hours to classes. You know, like you have classes that are like bulk classes like I think my patho class was like four hours long two, or something like that four hours. two and a half hours it was like a long class man it was pretty much the first half of the day oh, uh learning medication <laughs> learning medication learning pathology learning disorders and diseases now is it just like a lecture the whole time or yeah go? pretty much just lecture and then uh intro to nursing was more of the um more of the like text behind it you know what I mean yeah. like kind of like um, 
like they talk about Florence Nightingale, which is like the first person to really revolutionize nursing and stuff like that. But it's more theory, you know what I mean? Yeah. They're gonna teach you more about why we do certain things and what those things came from. Mm -hmm. And pathology is more of the diseases and the actual physical aspect that happens to people. But also in intro to nursing, we would have lab and stuff like that. But that was like the following semester and things. Yeah. But yeah, most of it was just lecture, and you know, it's not it's not anything light in lecture either. Like the yeah. lecture slides, are like 50, 50 slides long. You know, it ta it takes a while to get you through those, write. and there's a lot of content. Yeah, I typed it, and I kept up pretty well with typing and things like that. But it was just really long lectures, and you know, you get out of lecture, and mentally you're just drained because you're just so mentally exhausted. Yeah. You get in practice, you start making mistakes and stuff like that. You yeah. get out of practice, you go to lift. By the end of the day, you're drained. Yeah. You know, you just want to go to bed. Yeah. And then I found myself just going to bed, you know, not enjoying my time out, not going out on weekends. And when I did, you know, I wasn't enjoying myself because I was just tapped, yeah. you know, no social battery, nothing left in me because of everything I was already doing. And it was like really messing with my mental health for a while. So I had to drop it. How long did it take for you to be like, I'm not going to keep doing this? I got deep into preseason before yeah. I finally quit. Yeah. I think there was like maybe three weeks left of preseason, so I got maybe, I got into October somewhere, maybe like a couple, maybe like a week or so into October, or just before the end of September I quit. It was like before a scrimmage too, but I, I had to make a decision between committing myself to so much, because when we started getting close to scrimmage days, it started getting a lot heavier in systems, mm -hmm. and I just didn't have time to learn the systems, mm -hmm. you know? I was showing up to practice and trying to learn systems that I couldn't think about outside of outside the field, you know, yeah. I was in my room studying. I wasn't looking at plays. Yeah. I wasn't trying to think about plays, yeah. you know, so I just caught myself making too many mistakes and I thought I was more of a liability to the team and like messing up the flow of practice. So I figured I would just drop it before yeah. we got to scrimmage day or any of our like little um, travel preseason games, you know, just so I could spare, like just so the team could have a better quality of practice. Like I'm still really cool with a lot of the guys that played there, For sure. you know, uh, they're all great. They're all great athletes and stuff, but it's just I didn't want to be a liability to their success, you know Four hours class. I'll be complaining about one hour. Oh. I'm talking about teachers sitting there for 45 minutes, bro. She do not shut up. It gets worse, bro. Junior year right now, I got a class that lasts from 8.30 to 2.30. Wait, what do you, what you mean? My class, my lecture is 8.30 to 2.30. We break at 11.30 for about 30 minutes, 45 minutes for lunch, and then we come back for lecture the second half. Yeah. What class this is uh, med surge. What y'all talk about in there? Med surge. So patho is more of the like learning about the diseases and the processes behind them and the medications to treat them. Yeah. Med surge is actually implementing that, implementing those treatments. So last year I learned about acid base imbalance and electrolyte imbalances, and we spent the first half of the semester not only learning about those imbalances and learning how to recognize them in labs and stuff like that, but also what treatments are indicated when. So like, when would I give an IV solution treatment versus when would I give an IV, uh, like a dextro solution with insulin, you know? Like when would I give a person Tylenol versus when would I give them like uh, an opiate, you know? The differences between that and when to do them is what we're learning right now. And that, that takes a lot of lecture too. Yeah. Right now, I was just taking notes for 118 slides on cardiac systems, you know, like all the heart, the blood vessels. 118 slides are ridiculous. 
it's it's crazy. I'm about I'm eighty slides in right now. It take me it took me about an hour and a half to get that far, and I haven't even like really you know learned anything. I'm just putting words on paper just so I can go back and read it later. What? Now I'm young. I'm just a communication major. Yeah. Um, the path I want to go down, what we're doing now, doesn't take too much learning, too much note taking. It's either you got it on TV or you don't. Simple. For sure. Be honest, and I minor in psychology and marketing, but be honest, since I've been in college, I haven't took a look at notes. I'm talking, mm -hmm. I don't even write. Yeah. Type, they do notes. Uh, is it going to be on Blackboard or Canvas? What makes you like, I hear some people say, okay, you know, it's just something to do in class, or when you write something down, you learn it easier. What mm -hmm. makes y'all, like, actually write it? it it's a... 118 slides, y'all could just study off of that? So, yeah, some people do. Yeah. But for me, I I feel like I have to do things differently because I don't think I'm as good at memorizing as mm -hmm. some people. Yeah. Some people have really good memories and stuff like that. I'm not one of those people. Mm -hmm. And I'm not one of those people that can look at something once and understand it. Yeah. I gotta actually learn the thing to understand it. Yeah. So writing it down for me, it helps me figure out what I don't understand, mm. where I need to look into more, mm -hmm. and then just going through the slides, like scrolling, is not something that's gonna really capture my attention. So, if I'm just scrolling through a slide, I'm gonna skip over so much information because it's a slide, it's a picture, mm. I don't really care about that, you know? Mm. But if I write it down, or type it, which is what I usually do, is I'll type it, if it doesn't make sense to me, I highlight it. Yeah. I go through my textbook, I figure out what it is, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's what that is. Yeah. And then the next day, I'll look over those notes again, and if I don't remember what that was, it's already highlighted, I already looked it up once, yeah. and I'll look at it again. Yeah. And I'll just repeat that process until everything starts to stick. And then understanding the process to some things yeah. is also very uh, helpful in memorizing it, you know? Like, if you understand yeah. why something happens and yeah. you understand why you're doing that to fix it, it makes it so much easier to memorize. And it, sure. come, it becomes second nature to you, you yeah. know? I mean, sometimes my professors, they put us on the spot a lot, yeah. you know? But if I get put on the spot for something, it's, you know, I'll choke up, I'll forget. But as soon as they're like, why didn't you just say that answer earlier? I'm like, because it slipped my mind, yeah. you know? But... Taking the notes, for me, I got to do it differently from how everybody else do, does it because that's just the way I am. That's the way I learn. Yeah. yeah so. I was talking about the hour and a half to do, I think you said 80 slides and those writing down. Yeah. How long does it usually take you to study for like an exam? Or... Uh, so, I over-prepare yeah. just because I'm concerned about failing. Yeah. And I feel like even though I know what I'm talking about and I know what I'm doing, I get really bad test anxiety and I'm really bad at taking exams in general. Mm. So for me, last week we had, or this week we had an exam on, it was something like 17 chapters. Yeah. And that might sound very scary. You know, that sounds really scary. Chapters. It's a lot of chapters, it's not a joke, yeah. you know? But some of those chapters were 10 pages long versus 30, okay. you know? It's not anything too crazy to the point where you can't handle it. Mm -hmm. So for me, I feel like after the first exam where I understand where my professors are at and what they really want me to know mm -hmm. on my content, it makes it easier to study. But last week I spent all week, like I'd spend like an hour a day and then, or an hour every other hour, you know what I mean? So I'd be doing nothing 
if I'm sitting there in my room and I'm doing nothing and I'm like, damn, I'm bored, I would just open my notes and read. Mm. It just makes it that much simpler. Fill the boring time with my notes instead. But does that make it funner? It doesn't make it entertaining. I feel like what makes it entertaining and fun for me is when I finally have that moment and I'm like, I know it. Yeah. You know, when somebody can come up to me and they can ask me and I can tell you in detail and make you understand. Yeah. You know, sometimes in study groups we get together and we'll like have one person basically teach the lecture to the rest of us. Yeah. And then if we have a question, everybody kind of stops and we all talk about it together and talk it through. So teaching each other is another big part of it. Um, but for me, once I understand it enough to teach somebody else, is that moment where it's like, this is worth it. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah, it, it, it takes a lot, man. What makes you get into the nursing realm in general, the health field? Because you, um, you talk about, um, earlier you mentioned, like, you know, your major is kind of a mirror of not so much a reason for not believing in religion, but, like, it, it mirrors... What, what you who you should be like a good person and things like that. So what what made you want to get into the health field? Uh, I grew up in a pretty bad spot. Yeah. I lived in New Bedford. If anybody knows where that is, but like I grew up in pretty like rough neighborhoods my whole life. Yeah. Up until like maybe just before high school, you know, like seventh grade or something like that. But even then, that's long enough. Yeah. That's that's more than enough time. Sure. And I just. My mom always told me to just do the opposite of what everybody around me was doing, mm -hmm. you know. And my mom had her own health trouble and stuff like that. But eventually I got to, like, this point where in school, that you know, they probably had to talk with you in school, you know. Like, look to your left and right. Like, these kids are going to, half of these kids are either going to be dead in jail, you know. And as I get older, I'm starting to realize that's so, so much more true than I want it to be, yeah. you know. But, uh, like, in, like grade, like elementary school, like middle school, middle school, we did like this project to plan out like 10 years of our lives and people were picking like all the fun jobs, you know, like people wanted to be, people wanted to be a news anchor, people wanted to be a cop, people wanted to be a paramedic and all these different things, you know, mm. and the project really put uh, like how much money you made into perspective at mm. a young age, you know, mm. and some people took away from that and some people didn't, I took away a lot, what I seen was a bunch of people making under $50,000 barely scraping by sure. and I realized at a young age that I'm not gonna be a millionaire I'm not gonna hit the lottery. I'm not gonna do anything crazy. That's gonna make me so much uber money that I'm gonna be well off yeah. I might as well set myself up and just plan So I plan to be a nurse and my salary was higher than everybody else's in the class because That's just my field. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of demand there and there's a lot of you know It's a lot of work to get here you know, I'm not going to downplay it like, oh, you're going to be set up for life. For sure. But I would be in a comfortable position as an adult. Comfortable enough to the point where I don't have to work for the rest of my life nonstop. Yeah. That's where I want to be. I want to be comfortable. At that young age, you know, because you, you talk, like I said, on camera, you tell you, like, you don't really exactly want to be a doctor. If it comes later down the line, you'll do it, but that's not your goal right now. Yeah. At that young age, what makes you... Like you said, everybody chooses a glitch and glamour job. You know, you talk about the money aspect. You choose a doctor, you're triple or whatever. What makes you at that age say, yo, I don't really want to be a doctor. I want to be just a nurse. Like, what, what makes you stop that? I felt like being realistic. <laughs> yeah, I was just being realistic. Like, am I going to really dedicate, like, 12 years of to school after yeah. I finish 12 years of school? Yeah. No. Yeah. That's just not me. 
And then, like, I could get my nurse practitioners, and that's, like, an extra two years or something like that, but I don't want to do that without being a nurse in the field first because a nurse practitioner walks in, and the nurse knows more than her, you know? Or say you got a nurse, right, and they're trying to give you one medication, and your practitioner changes it, and they get into an argument because the nurse has 30 years of experience versus your practitioner, who's basically a doc, like, almost a doctor at that point, mm. says that this medication's okay to get, you know? Mm. It's just that thing of... I don't want to dedicate too much time to something, and when I do decide to get my like doctorate, I want to have a background of what the fuck I'm supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. I want to have the experience, the life experience, the real life experience of taking care of multiple patients with hundreds of different ailments and diseases and all this shit, so that way I have an understanding to get my doctorate. Now, I know you got, in your field, you got a lot of HIPAA violations, HIPAA codes, blah, yeah. blah, blah. No, we we go through clinical rotations. So uh, starting like the second semester of your sophomore year, you get sent to uh, like nursing homes, hospitals, and things like that, and you just practice the skills you learn in lab. So like if you if you have a patient that needs medication, they'll you have to be watched by an instructor, of course, but they'll watch over your shoulder while you administer a medication to a patient and stuff like that and just start to get more comfortable with nursing practice. Yeah. Like, not just learning what you get in lecture. Now, without going too deep, because like I said, you got hit with all your control in there. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, I, listen, I know you don't want to be a doctor, but I, I can see you as a doctor. I can see, I can see it, I can see it. I know you don't want to be, but I can see it. So, without you going too deep, like, what's some crazy stories, man? Uh, some crazy stories. So far, I've only done about two rotations through clinicals and stuff like that, but, uh, I guess it's like, like I was talking about earlier with cardiac stuff, that's, that's why it was fresh in my mind. Yeah. So, some patients have like, you know, that's artery diseases and things like that, but, um, yesterday we had something that was pretty interesting. So, one of our patients was, uh, he came in for a fall or something like that, and he had elevated troponin levels in his bloodstream of upon like doing his blood work and stuff like that. And that usually indicates a heart attack or some type of ischemic event in your heart. Mm-hmm. So that means like your heart doesn't have uh, oxygen. So those cells die off and the levels get higher in your blood. So what they did was they did like a cardiac cath. So they sent a little camera in there to go look around to see if there was a blockage causing uh, like impaired oxygen to the to the heart and stuff How like that. The camera in there? Uh, they go through an artery. They can go through the, there's like a radial artery right here in your wrist. How does all that work? Like they gotta cut you open now? Small cuts. Small, small, small. Very, like, I wouldn't say it's minimally invasive because, I don't know, I'm not gonna give you all the terminology and stuff like that, but there's two ways they can go through. They can go, they usually go through a, like a larger artery because it's just easier to get the camera. Okay. So, for this guy, they tried to go through his wrist, but the arteries were kind of clogged up in the neck, so they had to tilt like pull the camera back out and go in through his femoral, through his groin. But they got in there and they looked around and they didn't find any blockages, which was weird. So they related it to his uh, artery disease, which is like, you know, plaque buildup along the arteries and stuff that might have caused some type of ischemic event or whatever. But that, that, that was an interesting kind of like little thing that I was told by my instructor and a couple other people that it's usually not that common mm-hmm. that like that coronary artery disease causes that much. Elevation. That's interesting. Well, this is one of the most interesting interviews I've had. Probably the most interesting one because the health field is very, like, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, 
What year did you start college exactly? Uh, 2021. You, so you wasn't really able to do any of the clinicals with them, like seeing different COVID situations? Nah, I don't even think they were sending people to clinical during COVID, if I'm not wrong. But they, they like to try and minimize exposure to things like that. Yeah. Like even now, I'm not allowed to go into rooms with uh, precautions. So like, you know, you know, like precautions, like people have like, airborne diseases that can get in the air and they don't want people breathing that in and spreading it throughout the hospital and stuff like that. During clinicals, these students are not allowed in those rooms because they want to minimize exposure to things. So I don't know if they were going during COVID. I'll probably ask somebody, but there's nothing I'm worried about now because yeah. that's, that's not my problem anymore. So you talk about you want to be a nurse. Is there anything about it that makes you still want to do the, um, the x-ray thing? No, no, not really. I feel like I've put so much time into nursing now that even to be like the ex like the x-ray tech and stuff like that, I mean, I could probably be a nurse that assists with like maybe contrast x-rays and things like that, but I, I don't know the whole career field that can take me that way. And to be honest, I'm kind of, I don't really want to move that way anyway. For me, I, I, want, I think I want to do something related to trauma or something like that. Because over the summer, I, I was a CNA. I was an aide on a trauma floor in my hospital back home. So I've seen a lot of things that interested me and, you know, things that I wanted to learn about. So I think I want to take more of that route, but I don't want to be too, too like, narrow on picking something. Right now I'm focused on finishing school. Talk about the trauma route. Like, what, what does that consist of? Trauma is like acute trauma, you know, car accidents, broken legs, broken hands, gunshots, stabbings, things like that, you know. But I don't want to lean into it and really, like, say that I want to do it yeah. because obviously with that comes a lot of emotional things like yeah. that you have to deal with as the nurse and as the care provider and things like that. Like yeah. this stuff affects you mentally, sure. you know, and I don't know, I haven't been exposed to enough to really say that it will affect me or that it won't or that I want to do this or that I want to be a part of this because a lot of people say that they want to do something and then they get to that point where they're in the moment and they see something that they never want to see again. For sure. And I don't want that to be my case. The mental side is, like, I I know, because, like I said, I took psychology, so I know, like, from the teachers that I've had, they always talk about the mental fortitude they go through. Yeah. So, it's like, a, a, a psychologist, a therapist has a therapist. So, for you, like, what did you see this summer that, like, oh, okay, this is something that I might, even with the trauma, the trauma from, the trauma from their trauma that I might get trauma, I still might want to go down this path. Uh, I haven't really seen anything that, like, really pushed me off of it. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, I think I spent three, three or so months, like, I spent the majority of the summer on that trauma floor and working, like, nonstop, because I had to pay for school. Yeah. I don't, I don't get a ton of scholarships, but I still got to pay out of pocket for this. Yeah. So I was putting in a lot of hours at work and spent a lot of time on the floor in the hospital. I didn't see too much that discouraged me. Mm -hmm. I really didn't. I seen a, like broken legs, missing legs, uh, chest tubes, gunshot. Like I've seen all that typical stuff, you know. I haven't seen anything too out of the ordinary or anything that really shocked me and where I had to like take a step back and really think about what I'm doing, you know. Nothing really uh, too bad. I'd say more or less the trauma specifically wasn't the worst part. The worst part for me over the summer was hearing the sad stories behind some things, you know? 
Like, there's some, there's a lot of sad stories in healthcare and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And I feel like that's the part that discourages me the most. Like, I don't want to come across that one story that's, like, on my brain forever. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I don't know how comfortable I'm going to be with until I graduate. Until I'm put in that situation, I don't know how I'm going to react. You never want to have, cause you know the, the saying is what well, like you don't, don't take work home, things like that. Work goes home with you. Work goes home with you, for sure. I mean, you could say don't go home with you. All this, you can cut yourself off from it, but I think it comes home with everybody, regardless. You know, yeah. like I don't know. For me, there's nothing that really, like I said, there's nothing for me. There's no real stories or anything that really stands out for me. Like there's some sad stories out there, but nothing really stands out to me specifically. But. I feel like work goes home with a lot of people. If you could change anything within the healthcare industry, what would you change? Nurse to patient ratios. Nurse to patient ratios are extremely bad right now. I think, I don't know if it's a nationwide thing, but I know it's a pretty bad thing yeah. at most hospitals. It was a bad thing at my home hospital. It's a bad thing at some of the hospitals in Springfield. Yeah. But nurses are really struggling to get ratios or to force hospitals to meet staffing requirements. So like, a safe nurse to patient ratio is like I I don't know what it is technically. Some people say it's like one nurse for five patients, one nurse for six patients. I don't think that's the case. I think safe is one to four. Like yeah. one nurse has four patients because I've seen nurses that have that are by themselves and they have seven different people to take care of. Mm. And that doesn't sound like a lot until you understand the amount of work that has to go into each one of those people. Yeah. Like, you have to document. You have to document everything you do. Every little thing you've said, done, or try to do. You know, anything that wasn't successful, that is successful. And you have to not only document that stuff, but the result, you know. And when you have seven people to do that for, it stresses you out as a nurse. And you can make mistakes. And it's just not safe. It's just not safe, you know. And it's worse for the nurse, it's worse for the patients, and it gets people hurt. Mm-hmm. If there's anything I could change, it would, it would literally just be staffing ratios. And I feel like it would improve the quality of life of the patients and the people that are working in the hospital. Do you see anybody that like, gets in the healthcare for the wrong reasons, you think? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the wrong reason, I don't know what the wrong reason would be. To, to you. People get into it. People say that getting into it for money is the wrong thing, but I don't think so. I don't think it's a bad thing to want to set yourself up. I don't yeah. think it's a bad thing for you to want to have money and be successful. Healthcare is so. It's about saving people's lives. So you, you only doing it for the money. You're not doing it for the love of I want to save this person. I want to try to save this person. I mean, if you're just doing it for that reason and you're not trying to make anything better and you're not trying to do what you're supposed to do, if you're not trying to do your job, then yeah, you're probably in it for the wrong reason. You know what I mean? Like if you, like if your patient is really struggling and you just let them sit there in pain because you got better shit to do or (laughs) you got, or you don't care or you don't want to care, you have to care. You know, if you don't, I think that's the thing. Like if you don't care about other people or you don't care at all, then maybe this is the wrong field for you. Because that's the whole purpose of this, you know, is to care. Able in the next five years, what does that look like? In the next ten years? Mm. Uh, maybe getting my degree, a house, a car, kind of just taking care of myself. I don't know where five years is going to be. I can't tell you tomorrow. Yeah. You know, 
it's just I'm taking it one day at a time for forever. <laughs> What's your dream car? You got a dream car? Uh, no, hey, we'll go no ahead and win a billion dollars tomorrow. What we get? Uh, I don't really got a dream car. I can't lie to you. No? Uh -huh. Just something nice. Something nice, something a little, little fast, a little quick. I don't need no super cars. You know, I don't need a Lamborghini. Uh, I'm never going to go. I'm not trying to drive like 300 miles an hour, 200 miles an hour and wreck. That's yeah. not my plan. So you look but like a BMW truck, maybe. Nice little, nice little quick car. Yeah, BMW would be cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No lie. My dream car is a little not normal. What's your dream car? I need a Hummer. You need a Hummer? A gas guzzler? Don't do that. I, I heard that That's before. true. I heard that before, but I don't know if you know. coming out with some new ones next year. I didn't. By GMC. And they're electric. They're electric? Ooh. What's it going to take, like a day and a half to charge? <laughs> hey, well, don't, don't, don't mess this up for me, man. It's okay. Because I'm hoping. I'm hoping LeBron is endorsing it. I got hope. You know what I'm saying? I got hope. You sure they didn't just pay him? Don't do that. They probably gave him one all the time. Of course they paid us the cash. I'm saying, but I, 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 I. listen. Chase your helmet, bro. Go, go get that. With this TV thing, right? Say I make enough money to where I can have more than one car. Yeah. I'll buy the Hummer, and if it's a, I'll just have it just to say I got my dream car. Yeah. I'll just get another one. Like Tesla. Yeah. I know my mom hates Tesla because I have one for prom. And you know what Turo is, right? I don't think so. Turo is like a, it's like Airbnb but for cars. I didn't know that. Okay, so Turo, rented a, I rented a Tesla for my prom, uh, for Turo, and she had to, you know, pay for it, but whatever. We drove it and. It, I don't live in a bad city necessarily. Like you could, if a Tesla is sitting on the street. Yeah, like, those are more common now. You no, know, it's but back in twenty nineteen, not so much. Not oh yeah, for sure. So I don't live in a city to where as they see a Tesla on the street, it's like so. You know, my mom went places with him. Me, and my friends drove it around, whatever. You know, just, oh wow, we're in a Tesla. This is great. This is great. When we brought the Tesla back, it was an Asian guy, and. He was like, yo, um, I'm going to have to charge you extra because you went X number of miles over what we allowed. I was like, well, where was that ever? Like, we never heard of nothing like that. Mm -hmm. So we had, so, and then, then she was backing the Tesla up while he was watching into the driveway and she ran over like a pin that was in the driveway and it popped the tire. He was watching. So it costs her, so she hates Teslas. Mm -hmm. And not to mention it stops by itself. I get, cause you know it has that, that technology. So mm -hmm. you get too close to the car, it stops. She doesn't like that, she likes full control. So she doesn't like that, but Tesla, I got YouTube in my car. Yeah, right, I like the little movie screen that they had in there, but a lot, a lot of cars got that nowadays. They're starting to do that in a lot more cars. Movie screen? You can't really watch movies and drive though. You can't! I mean, yeah, you got the autopilot, that's true. You got the autopilot. Oh, listen. I'm like looking back on now. This is how I was. What seventeen? So that's how dumb I was. In my mind, I was like, I'm an autopilot all the way to prom. Did you do it? No. <laughs> I got the driver, my cousin. But I'm saying, like in my mind, I'm like, 
Definitely could have. I could autopilot this thing all the way to prom. Autopilot all the way back. I'm not... The slightest bit of me is not thinking, what if something goes wrong? What if something goes wrong to where I have to tip over and drive it? Yeah. Not thinking nothing, but I had my license at the time, maybe. You didn't? No, nah, I was 17. Oh. Then you would have been screwed if it went off. Yeah. Paid X amount before I had to pay three times if something happened to the car. Mm -hmm. But everyone glad you came on that shit conversation, man. This is a very interesting conversation. For um, sure. We're gonna do good in the health field. I really think you're gonna be a doctor one day, man. You don't wanna be one, I but know. I think it's gonna come to you and it's gonna happen. I feel like you're gonna be very, very successful in life. You know, your work ethic, your demeanor. I think you'll be able to do it, man. So I appreciate you coming on to your conversation, man. The crowd is going crazy. The crowd is going crazy. The crowd is you going see them all nuts. over there? Yeah, they're going nuts. Crazy. And I appreciate you coming on to your conversation. Yo, I, I don't know if you know, but Necessary Conversations is the number one rated podcast for people that need to watch something while they do their homework. Cool, cool, nice. Not too many people knew that. But it is. Don't ask me how I know, but I know. I believe it. Man, let's say conversations. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Hard Radio, YouTube, of course. Um, thank you for watching. I'm your Slim Sir. You're out.